District of Conservation is sponsored by CFACT. To learn more about our sponsor, head over to CFACT.org. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Happy Labor Day, everyone. Welcome to Season 4 of District of Conservation. So happy to have you join us. If you're new, let me know what you think. Check out some past episodes. Comb through some past interviews I've done. Familiarize yourself with the show and... Welcome to the party. For returning listeners, we greatly appreciate you all tuning in to the show each week when we put out multiple episodes. And I think the purpose of the podcast can't be more clear. There was a comedian over the weekend by the name of Ginny Hogan who tweeted around 1.24 p.m. on September the 3rd, weird how conservatives hate conservation. That's obviously not rooted in any science. That's not rooted in any logic. If you look and see who largely is considered a sportsman, sportswoman today, it is people who tend to identify as those on the center right. That doesn't mean people on the left don't partake in these activities by no means, but it is largely seen as an activity that people on the political right tend to incline themselves to. And because of takes like this, that is what has prompted me to continue putting out episodes, speaking with people in politics, nonprofits, elsewhere, who are political conservatives, talking about conservation, true conservation, not the preservationist variety, and how important it is to challenge this narrative. So if we need a reminder for why conservatives, and even those who like conservatives, you don't have to be a conservative to like and appreciate what conservatives do, especially in this area, this issue shouldn't be politicized, but we have to kind of detangle it from elements of the left because they are hijacking what conservation is with preservationist ethos. So this is a reminder to continue chugging along. This is why I am proceeding with season four and definitely more seasons coming up. But we have reminders, we have obstacles. And like I said, even if you're not conservative, but you believe in true conservation, you should feel right at home here on District of Conservation. And in the three years that I've been doing this, it has been a very wild ride. I never thought I would be podcasting this long, let alone podcasting at all. I think this medium has become very saturated. It's so hard sometimes to be creative with content. And I think the listeners give me confidence to put out information. There's so many moving parts coming from the federal government. There's a lot of issues emanating from the states that everyone, regardless of where they fall politically, can benefit from. Like I said, this is not a podcast exclusive to conservatives, but this is a home for political conservatives who care about the environment, care about conservation, care about hunting, fishing, the outdoor heritage, shooting sports. I want this to continue to be a resource for you all and those of you who are not conservative as well, who are just sick of radicalism that has hijacked environmentalism and conservation. This is kind of an effort to be a balance to that. So all are welcome, but we do want to be a hub for political conservatives because I am one too. And this reminder serves a purpose why the podcast is needed today. Now, there are a few things I want to talk about in this episode with the first being these petitions I've talked about, we have finally seen responses from a coalition of 50 conservation groups. I will read that letter for you and I'll read off the organizations that are a part of this, but we have an official response from legitimate conservation groups who are hook and bullet people expressing their concerns with this. I'll also read off Delta Waterfall's statement and also Ducks Unlimited statement as well. And we'll talk about Yellowstone Season 4. The trailer of the program was just released last week. I won't give away any 
secrets from the program, especially if you're very new to the show. But I have talked about the show here since I launched the podcast. I think my podcast launched a few months after the program on Paramount was debuted. I love the show. I'm going to talk about why it's a great program. It's also considered conservative prestige TV. That's what TV God called it years ago because there wasn't really programming for conservative people, but you should not feel that you have to identify a political way to appreciate the show. Everyone, regardless of politics, does because it really showcases different issues out west. So we'll talk about that. I briefly touched upon this on a few episodes back about two anti-hunting petitions circulating from the Natural Resources Defense Council and the Center for Biological Diversity, two very radical preservationist environmental organizations, keyword preservationist, not conservationist groups, that are trying to petition several government agencies, specifically the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service and also the CDC, to go after hunting through this loophole. They want to use regulatory fiat or rules-making to change how wildlife management is administered in this country. Now, I wrote about this at Town Hall and what this entails. And essentially, if the government were to accept this, and they would be ill-advised to do this, but I don't know what expectations we should have of this administration. I'm a little bit more pessimistic than some of my colleagues. This is just me being someone who's very skeptical of this type of big government approach. And if they don't reject this, I think it'll have a huge impact, negatively speaking, on the North American model of wildlife conservation that has been successful for recovering imperiled species and restoring critical habitat. And really, it's the devil's in the detail. So I'm going to read through you guys what exactly this is. And this is from my town hall column. So CBD and NRDC are urging Secretary Holland of Interior and U.S. Fish and Wildlife Principal Deputy Director Martha Williams to, quote, use their authority under the Lacey Act, Endangered Species Act, and Convention on International Trade in Endangered Species CITES to move the petition forward. What does this mean? The groups are hoping to circumvent the legislative process where rules like this are made via regulatory fiat to achieve their goals of undermining hunting. One of the petitions addressed to the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service says this, pandemics caused by zoonosis, infectious diseases that jump from animals to people are entirely preventable. It read, these actions are necessary to help prevent the introduction and spread of zootonic diseases in the United States, curtail the ongoing loss of biological diversity, and protect against calamitous consequences for both people and wildlife. The CDC one expanded like this, The CDC has a significant opportunity to decrease the likelihood of zootonic disease introduction and transmission in the United States and prevent future public health emergencies, but the agency must boldly act to address the wildlife trade, one of the root causes of zootonic disease introduction and transmission. In addition, reducing trade in wildlife will reduce the exploitation of wildlife, which is the secondary driver of biodiversity loss, which also poses a significant threat to human health. Now, people are probably, you may have combed through these petitions, they're kind of long-winded, but I've done it for you. So where does the threat to hunting exactly appear? In one of them, the petitioners believe that, quote, killing wildlife poses a grave disease risk, and they say something to the effect of while dead animals and animal parts present a lesser risk of direct disease transmission, the process of capturing and killing wildlife to create wildlife parts and products maintains the overall risk associated with live animal trade. Now, what will stop this in their mind? How can you stop so-called loss of biodiversity? Why, of course, more government funding? And they argue, 
what has to be done. And this is not even government funding, but to help fund international efforts, so to speak, of people who don't have the same conservation standards as us. And they say in the petition, by prioritizing U.S. conservation funding and capacity building to transition jobs away from exploitation of mammals and birds in the United States, we'll be investing in an international effort that reduces disease risk. So you may be asking, where are they going to take a bite of this funding? Why, of course, Pittman-Robertson funds and the associated funds relating to this seminal law that helped establish conservation standards here in this country. In the last year, in 2020, $1.1 billion were generated from hunting and fishing expenditures collected largely on guns and ammunition. So it's going to take a chunk out of U.S. conservation dollars, that $1.1 billion largely, I have no doubt, if this were to be implemented. Many groups have been sounding the alarm, of course. I'm going to read through you the letter that I was teasing a bit beforehand. We see Ducks Unlimited say on Instagram, they said, anti-hunting groups want to infringe on your time-honored hunting traditions. If they have their way, you won't be able to take game meat of any kind across state lines. What's more, they want to send conservation funds largely paid by hunters overseas. Don't let them use the COVID-19 pandemic as an excuse to upend your out-of-state hunting traditions. We had Bruce Tagg and Brian Lynn from Sportsman's Alliance talk about this. Go back a few episodes. They talk about the threat to interstate transport of wild game. If you hunt out-of-state, like many of us have, this will affect you if this is not to be rejected. And also Larry Keane from the National Shooting Sports Foundation explained that the petition doesn't discriminate between a ban on species harvested internationally. It also targets hunters who take animals in other states and transport them home, even if they've been professionally prepared by a butcher or taxidermist to safeguard against the spread of chronic waste disease. Now, here's what Delta Waterfowl said, and this is from a friend of the show, Cyrus Baird. He just recently went to Delta Waterfowl, and he called these petitions in the following manner. He said, this is yet another attempt by the CBD and NRDC to move towards the elimination of hunting as we know it around the world and here in North America, said Delta Waterfowl Senior Director of Governmental Affairs, Cyrus Beard. This attempt is particularly vile in that it attempts to capitalize on the COVID-19 pandemic to misrepresent hunters like you and me and the hunting industry as a whole. Now, here is the response letter from the coalition made up of 50 organizations. It was first started by the Boone and Crockett Club. If you hunt big game, especially Boone and Crockett is kind of the gold standard. It's one of the earliest groups. Uh, It has a coalition of 35 wildlife organizations when it first had started. Today, the American Wildlife Conservation Partners Coalition represents a consortium of 50 organizations that represent the interests of America's millions of hunters, conservationists, professional wildlife and natural resources managers, outdoor recreation users, conservation educators, and wildlife scientists. While individual organizations may have their own primary areas of interest, collectively we are dedicated to ensuring the vitality of our wildlife resources and providing for sustainable public use and enjoyment of those resources under the science-based management of the state and federal fish and wildlife agencies in cooperation with habitat and land management by this federal, state, county, and local governments. Now, here is one of the letters written, and it is addressed to Martha Williams, Principal Deputy Director of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. This is five pages long. I'll read a little bit of it for you. And the letter is addressed like this. Read opposition to the petition submitted by the Center for Biological Diversity and the Natural Resources Defense Council to ban trade in wild mammals and birds. Now, this is from the, I believe, the majority of the 50 organizations. And I'll just read the first paragraph for you all. The undersigned conservation and hunting organizations representing millions of sportsmen and women across the country strongly oppose the petition submitted by the CBD and Natural Resources Defense Council to ban trade in wild animals and birds. 
The petition is intentionally void of the many conservation and economic benefits that international hunting provides, and it predatorily capitalizes on the COVID-19 pandemic to misrepresent the sporting community and its stakeholders. Especially concerning is the fact that the petition is blind to decades of conservation efforts funded by legal regulated sport hunting that have led to the survival and sustainability of countless wildlife species, safeguarding biodiversity and providing associated ecosystem services in the process. Additionally, the authority of our nation's state fish and wildlife agencies should be would be undermined should this petition be implemented, preventing efforts that have historically saved birds and habitats from eradication. Considering the numerous positive benefits that result from the import and export of wild animals and their parts and products because of hunting, it becomes more disturbing that the petitioners would seek to irreparably harm a valuable method of both domestic and international conservation. For these reasons, we urge the Department of Interior to reject the CBD-NRDC petition. You can read more of their reasoning behind this. It's about five pages long. As I said, about the economic implications, they publish a lot of unique statistics. Uh, They discuss the history of this and how hunters have actually helped restore imperiled species. And you see a lot of signed organizations. So who are the people who signed on to this? Let me read for you guys who signed on. You see signees like the American Woodcock Society, the Archery Trade Association, the Association of Fish and Wildlife Agencies, Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, Bear Trust International, California Waterfowl Association, Campfire Club of America, Congressional Sportsmen's Foundation, Conservation Force, Council to Advance Hunting and Shooting Sports, Dialla Safari Club, Delta Waterfall, Ducks Unlimited, Houston Safari Club, Isaac Walton League of America, Masters of Fox Sounds Association, Mule Deer Foundation, National Deer Association, National Rifle Association, National Shooting Sports Foundation, National Wild Turkey Federation, North American Falconry Association, Orion the Hunters Institute, Pheasants Forever, Pope and Young Club, Professional Outfitters and Guides of America, Quail Forever, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, Ruffed Grouse Society, Safari Club International, Sportsman's Alliance, Whitetails Unlimited, Wild Sheep Foundation, Wildlife Forever, Wildlife Management Institute, Wildlife Mississippi. So that is a pretty resounding condemnation of at least the petition directed to the Fish and Wildlife Service. And I have no doubt there is a companion one to the CDC petition as well. So you see conservation groups, even with their differences, coming together to oppose this. So that was a development I had to discuss. And you can read the letter for yourself. You can see the comments from the different organizations. Go back to a few episodes when we had Brian and Bruce from Sportsman's Alliance. That's all you need to know. Please share it. Educate your friends who are hunters and anglers about this because if this were to be implemented by rulemaking, this would have ruinous effects on America's conservation ethos. We don't want to see that happen. We've come a long way with restoring species and restoring habitat. This would undermine our efforts and let freeloaders who have nothing to do with conservation have an active role in deciding this. Something I want to conclude on briefly is about the fourth season of Yellowstone on Paramount TV. Now, why am I talking about a TV program? Normally, I wouldn't, but because it has a lot of central themes relating to the show and conservation writ large, especially to issues out west, I love plugging in the show. Now, if you watch the show, you're just learning about the show. Season 4 is going to be premiering on November 7th at, I believe, 8 p.m. Eastern, and it's going to be a two-hour premiere. And I won't give away anything because some of you listening may have not seen the show, but if you want to go back and watch seasons one through three to get kind of updated and up to speed about the show you can but what you see when you watch the program and what drew me to it obviously the trailer that was first released in i believe it was winter spring of 2018 and i was just really 
mesmerized by the cinematography, obviously the inclusion of Kevin Costner. He's great with Westerns. You see just kind of these interesting hooks. You see different interests. You see hunters, landowners, Native Americans, environmentalists, and kind of what we see in real life. We see the budding and clashing of different interests, different conservation stakeholders and antagonists to stakeholders. And you get to see the beautiful scenery that you often find in the greater Yellowstone ecosystem. So I guess it largely mirrors kind of what happens in the greater Yellowstone ecosystem. And you have a great cast. You have beautiful cinematography, great plot line. It is one of the most watched TV programs in the United States. And finally, it has been recognized with an Emmy for a long, long time, they were refusing to do that, but it got it in a category that is really meaningless. They should have given it, you know, to Kevin Costner for best actor, or maybe to Kelly Riley, who plays his daughter, Beth Dutton, for her performance. Many of the characters deserve accolades, and hopefully as the show progresses that they actually get more Emmys, but they're nominated for one, finally. But it's a great show. It premieres on November 7th, I highly recommend it. Catch up on it. Watch it so you know what happens in season four and you just don't go into it willy-nilly not knowing anything. So that's what I encourage you guys to do. Check out Yellowstone. Let me know what you think. If you're going to catch up on seasons one through three, it has a lot of cliffhangers. It'll keep you on the edge of your seat. There is a little bit of graphic content like any show, but I would say it's suitable for most people. Um, But it, it does have some graphic content, some foul language, but a great show overall. Can't recommend it enough. And I think if you watch it, you'll love it. Thank you for listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you're following us on your preferred podcast player. We like to recommend Apple Podcasts because Apple is where most of our listenership hails from. So if you head over to Apple, subscribe, comb through some episodes and leave us reviews, we'd be more than appreciative of your support in that manner. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to never miss a beat nor a guest announcement. And you can connect with me personally on my social media feeds. All of the Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram links that I have are all denoted by blue check marks. Really easy to find me. So engage with me there. I'd love to hear your thoughts. If you want to recommend yourself for the show as a prospective guest, I'm all ears to hear and sift through different inquiries. Stay tuned for the next episode. Really appreciate you listening to District of Conservation.